frontier. Larson, always oh, in. Hendrik Larson! That is sensational! Lambert! What a way to settle it! Nakamura! It's Tom Rogge! This is Celtic Daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at nauticfaultclaims.com. Welcome to Celtic Daft. It's your Patreon-only exclusive podcast normally, but this week we've decided to give it away to everyone so you can hear it. So if you listen to Football Daft, you can hear Celtic Daft this week. Uh, It's where we talk about all things green and white. And since it's been a pretty epic week for Celtic, we thought we'd give it to you guys for nothing. Um, From Football Daft, he's normally confined in what he can say because of those other two. Uh, it's Chris Toll who is here to talk about all things green and white. Oh, fucking hell. Sorry to put you through this, Chris. It's alright, mate. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're like, just to let you all know, we've been doing this podcast for the last 22 minutes now and John forgot to press record. So, we're starting again. <laughs> We are, we're, start, we're starting again. It's usually a bit more professional than this on Celtic Daft. Um, we've already talked about the Sparta Prague game, so I won't put you through that. We will come to that briefly, but we've not spoke since then, so we, we'll, we'll relive the whole story of what's happened in the world of Celtic in the last week. And now on our uh, Celtic Daft, we don't get, you know, these, you know, pundits. Uh, we get the fans on to, to be our guest pundits on this. And if you sign up to the Patreon, patreon.com for swore slash football daft, not only will you get Celtic Daft and Rangers, Daft, our bonus podcast. You also get the chance to come on as a pundit on both. Um, so, without further ado, let's uh, welcome our guest pundit this week. It's Craig McCaffrey. How you doing, Craig? Good. Chris just chucked you under the bus like Neil Lennon's been flinging these players under the bus there, eh? I know. We'd have got away with it as well if he hadn't <laughs> said that. I know, and Celtic certainly have their cross the bear at the moment. Don't, uh, listen, don't talk about crosses, Celtic are fucking push winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 4 1, um, last time we spoke, it was just before the Sparta Prague game. We won't go that far back, you know. You, it, if you can't say anything about the Sparta Prague game, I guess there's a couple of things there, again, defending from set pieces, again, you know, just not defending well at all, uh, you know, you look at the stats for the game, um, It's Celtic have only won two of their 24 away league games in the Europa League since it's rebranding, your boy Jewis, who's been thorn in Celtic's side, uh, five goals in his last two Europa League games against Celtic, two more than United in his first 19 matches. Sorry, we put this on you boys. Uh, Celtic yet to win a Europa League match, and that was obviously before we got into um, the Milan game. Uh, their winless run in the competition stands now, was at the Sparta game, seven matches now, obviously up to eight. What went wrong in, in Sparta before before we get on to the other games? Okay, I think it's, you know, we've spoken about it already. Um, there's, a, there's just a, a vein of complete fucking apathy, I think, running through the whole team. 
Yeah. And it's it's evident. It's evident. I don't know. I don't know what you think yourself, uh, Craig. But it's. I just that it's as if you're watching people that. Me, remember when you'd go to school, right? And it was just before the holidays, and the teacher chopped it. Remember, and they were like, oh, "Do what you want." And you'd have like a week eh, Feeling the videos Feeling the video on the telly <laughs> I remember That's what it's like It's like watching a classroom Full of teachers that can't be bothered Doing their <laughs> fucking job For the last week before holidays Do you think Lennon and Kennedy Are feeling in the telly uh, Into the training room say, And putting on Toy Story then I? I wouldn't trust them to wheel anything And I think it'd fucking collapse over Smash the screen Fucking <laughs> plug it in The fuse would go Set fire to the classroom. <laughs> Honestly, I, I wouldn't trust them to the end. And they'll know to be honest. I wouldn't um, be, guess... would be too sure that they'd be doing that because they didn't watch video analysis. He'd watch your Angels game and just go, How can you not do that? You <laughs> know I mean? Uh, so I guess Sparta Prague, the only kind of shining light was a, a look like a bit of a return to for Edward Craig. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think, I mean, Eddie will turn up and, and he, he just needs, he's one of those, I think he's one of those modern day players who needs a bit of, a bit of love and a bit of an arm around him. And you wonder, right. if, I wonder if he's getting that for Lennon. And I, I think he was, I think he just needs to be go out and told, go out and told, right, you're a superstar, go out and play. But he needs the service and remains to earlier on. And like, he needs the ball. He needs some of the, the crossing and, and distribution into him has just been non-existent. And I wonder, that, that to get Celtic moving, that's what you need to get. You need to get him playing, and, but you need to give him the service. And at the moment, I think everyone's so concerned about how poor we are at the back that we're maybe forgetting that we're, we're not concentrating on the attacking third, but concentrating on the defensive side doesn't seem to be working either. Well, it doesn't seem to be working. I mean, 4 1 over in Prague, um, and it didn't get much better. Um, as we said in the last Celtic daft, Chris, you know, you come back off a European game and you think Ross County at home that's a good game to come back into off a European game. And yet, 2-0, defeat in the Cup. What went wrong there? What went right, John? Uh, they're coming off of getting scalped, right? There's there's going to be a bit of a hangover there, I feel. Right? Um, now, I need to hold my hand up and admit that I've not seen the game purely because I refuse to pay for Premier Sports. And my IPTV packed in. So I've only seen the highlights, right? But um, for, for what I've seen, they're fucking... They're, they're just... I, again, the same thing again. There's just... There's such a... They look demoralised, completely demoralised. When you look to the, the dugout, everybody in the dugout seems demoralised as well. I, I don't know if you agree, Craig, but it's just as if there's... It's as if they've been told that they're not getting Christmas presents or something like that, and they're just... I know I keep trying to equate this to, to childhood things, but they're, they're behaving like a bunch of petulant fucking wings. Surely, Surely they're all getting Christmas presents. You know, seen the Celtic uh, Christmas ad? I know. And <laughs> I actually thought it was quite funny, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> I... It's, you know, there's players there that must be in the sidelines looking at this going, why can I not get a fucking game here? Aye. You know? 
And uh, like even even the younger players like your Okoflex, your your Dembele, players like that, even Stephen Duffy, who uh, sorry, uh, Stephen Welsh, um, looking at it like that, right? Come on, I came in, I had two games, I made one mistake, I never I never seen the first team again, and he's looking at that defence, and he's going to be thinking, I'd have I'd have cleared that, I'd have cleared that, so. You know, there's going to be building a hunger up in these young players and eventually these young players are going to go, well, I'm not going to get a game here, so it's time for me to move on. So, you know what, what I mean? So what, what went against County, you look at the possession, Celtic had 75% of the ball, which, you know, is mental considering you were beaten 2-0. So was it just a case of the defence, Craig, that just didn't show up on Sunday? Aye, I mean, yeah, the goals, the goals that we gave, like, the penalty has been, I mean, seven penalties conceded this season, and you look at every single one, it's a player beats his man, and then someone who's having to track back is wrong side and just falls into them, like, all the penalties just seem that they give away are just the same, so it's, it's, it's every area of the pitch, we're just not doing the basics, and no, nobody's doing their job, but I said earlier on, it's like service as well, and possession is great, but when you watched it, and I, I, well, Premier, I had the Premier Sports thing, took 25 minutes for it to actually work because they didn't expect the amount of people that were going to log into it. So again, something Celtic could try to do, give you for as, as part of their added value, which has been a shambles to give you that. But it was sideways, to get back to the game, it was sideways passing, just caught, and it was slow. Your centre-halves have more touches than anyone else. It's, it doesn't matter what players he's putting in there at the moment. They're all doing the same thing. And Chris's point about guys that didn't care, it almost feels like they're going, if we lose this game, he'll go, he'll get sacked. Aye. And if we lose this game, he'll get sacked. And it, it just strikes me as that the players, I mean, there's a cliche of losing the dressing room, whether that, you never really hear professional footballers say it, but there's definitely something. The players are not responding to him or, and don't like him. So you just wonder, well, if we lose this one, it'll, we'll, he'll definitely get the sack. And it doesn't seem to be happening. Mm-hmm. I think football's football's in a very, very privileged position because see if I don't do my work to the best of my ability, it's no me. It's no my manager that gets sacked, it's me. Right. Right? And the like I say, he's in a very, very privileged position where they hold all the cards, right? If they don't like the man that's in charge, like you said there, Craig, all they need to do is down tools. Now the only thing that I will say is it's very, very evident that there's players there that are not trying their best, right? Regardless of what Ryan Christie says, right? And it's it's evident that that's the case. Now, when you look at that squad, there is a huge, huge squad at Celtic, a huge squad of footballers, right? See if somebody's not trying, get them fucking out and get somebody in that's going to try, right? Because as much as it's nice to see... We fancy flicks here and there. I seen somebody had said yesterday that Ryan, one of Ryan Christie's crosses has just landed in his back garden against Milan. Right now, it's this. I think that there's a there's a genuine, genuine superiority complex at Celtic Park, and I think they think they only need to step onto that park and the game is won. And it's it's worrisome because I've seen this happening at Rangers before. When, and it never worked out well for them. Do you know what I mean? And even when they were the underdogs, they still had this superiority complex, whether it was amongst their squad or whether it was amongst their fans. 
Right, and I can see that creeping into the Celtic fan base as well, and this entitlement that, that I and loads of people that I know used to say, why, why do Rangers fans act as if they're the best team when we've been winning for so long, right? And if you ask a Celtic fan now, what uh, Rangers players would get into the Celtic team, I'm telling you, that's 90% of them would still say not one Rangers player would get into that Celtic team. But I tell you what, see, when I watch Rangers, I see a team that are fucking fighting tooth and nail, biting and scratching to win their games. And I'll tell you something else, that is something that you cannot fucking accuse that Celtic team of. And it's it's embarrassing. It's mm. fucking embarrassing, man. Do you think, Craig, this is, I mean, I don't want to labour on Scott Brown, but he just seems, he doesn't seem, I mean, is it his age, is it a loss of form, but he just doesn't seem like that terrier that you know Scott Brown to be. In the last kind of three games, or it's maybe been longer than that, he doesn't seem to be getting the team up the park, pushing the team forward. He just seems to be, you know, letting everything go past him. You know, it's just, the, the, the drive isn't there from Scott Brown that I've, you've seen before. I mean... Is there a lot on his shoulders, or is it just the whole team as a whole? I think it's I think it's really harsh to to single out Bruni as 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 the as someone who's who's having a poor season. I think the whole team's having a poor season. I think with Bruni, listen, how many how many top sides do you see that have got a thirty five as their main midfield player? Right, mm. there's no many, and I think Celtic Rangers. Who uh, Rangers? Oh, Davis, I suppose. Aye, I didn't know you. But he's just a bit part player, though, at Rangers now, isn't he? He's just a squad player, really, isn't he? I think I, I'd, I'd say he's probably their best midfielder, to be honest with you. But mm. I, I understand the point you're making, Craig. I was just being facetious there, mate. But when you look across the, the city, they've, they've got they've got somebody in there that's 35 years old and he's fucking having the season of his life, to be honest with you. So it's not... I, I, I think it is a big, a big case of um, Bruni winding down now. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think it's. I think there's a, there's no teams that are particularly successful that have got a 35 year old midfielder anchoring their midfield. And, and he should be playing the amount of games that he's playing week after week as well. And I think that's the other thing, right? There's there's been no succession planning for for Scott Brown. For about four years, we've never we've, we've maybe brought Kuasi in. Kyle's been around the place at times. You've had sorrow that we've never really went right. This but Bruni should be playing one game, missing one, in for another one. We should be using them wisely. I mean, when we we had this with Tom Boyd and Paul Lambert we, when they were older players, they were still really important to the squad. But you used them if and when you need them, and I think Celtic just haven't done that. We've just went. It's all right. These guys will go again and he'll go again and he'll go again and remember before Rogers came in he was really struggling like in terms of just niggling injuries and all that kind of stuff as well so I think there's Celtic just haven't having helped him and he Lennon I think just relies on him so much but it's no helping him either yeah so off the I mean off the back of the the, the Ross County game um, Neil Lennon came out and says if you keep losing games there's an expectation at this club there's demand for excellence and there's demand for wins I'm fully aware of that I'm not standing here like a happy clapper saying everything's okay because it's not, but we'll do everything we can if we've still got the opportunity to do that, to turn things around. Today's results wouldn't have helped, put it that way. So it wasn't happy, as most Celtic supporters were, because we saw, obviously, after the game, a whole load of people turning up at Parkhead, you know, 
disgraceful. I mean, you can say that, as you say, disgraceful scenes. But does it go back to what we say about you know that entitlement? It, I mean, it was clearly the young, uh, the young team really that, that were down at Parkhead. But do you think there is that sense of entitlement, and that's what what's causing it, Chris? Um, I, I think I touched on it earlier on there, John. I, I do, I do agree. I think there's a there is a major sense of entitlement amongst the Celtic support, right? But that should not have any sort of bearing on the performances on the park. So, I, I don't, I don't. They're trying to force the board's hand, right? The board obviously haven't been listening um, to the Celtic support since Rogers left because. Let's be honest, if they'd have been listening to Celtic support at the time, Neil Lennon wouldn't have got the job in the first place. I think if you speak to a man, I don't know about yourself, Craig, but the day that Celtic won the triple, uh, the, uh, triple treble, it was... We were rapidly brought down to earth with the fact that they had fucking given Neil Lennon the job on a permanent basis. And I remember being completely deflated after after such a huge, huge historic day in the club's history, to have it your arse ripped at you by the appointment of the manager who achieved that just shows you the level of, of the level of complete disinterest that the that the fan base had in him. I do think that that goes back to the glitz and glamour appointing Brendan Rodgers, right? Mm-hmm. But Celtic are a club, a, a club the size of Celtic should definitely be looking to appoint someone of the calibre of Brendan Rodgers. Right? Neil Lennon, see if you look at his career after he left Celtic the first time, he's done nothing. He's relegated Bolton. He's uh, done hee-haw at Hibs. Right? And it's just that he's walked away for both as well. Now, I'm absolutely certain that if we wait long enough, he'll walk away for this rather than the board's hand being forced. But to get back to your original point, John, I think that the young the young supporters haven't been through the tough times that like myself and Craig have been as Celtic fans looking back. You know, there's been times where I've I've watched Rangers teams see if some of the Rangers teams that I've seen in the past, see if that was the team they now, they would be whitewashing Scottish football the way that Celtic have been for the last few years. So we've experienced that in the past, right? Celtic have won the last 11, uh, sorry, uh, 11 out of 12, going for 12 if we get the Scottish Cup in, uh, later on this month, right? And these fans are so spoiled that we're halfway through the season, technically... If we win our games in hand, we're only five points behind. We'll still get to play Rangers three times, right? I don't hold out much hope. I'll be honest with you. I think the league's away, right? I, I'll be honest and hold my hand up. I think the league's away. But to, to go to the lengths that they went to, to try and oust the guy, is shambolic and embarrassing. But I can understand why they've done it. I can understand the reasoning behind it. I just don't agree with it. That's yeah. all. I mean, I think it might have been slightly different. I mean, you might not have had that had there been fans allowed into the ground. Uh, yes. Obviously, you wouldn't have had those things because they would be able to make their protests and be able to make themselves heard in the ground. Um, but obviously, in these, this day and age, you can't do that. That's a huge part of it as well, right? Because it, it feels like the boards have got our money and they don't care. 
Peter Lowell doesn't talk to the fans, doesn't talk to the press. So we have no idea what the thinking was behind it. We barely got thinking around. Um, but I think when Lennon got the job, they'd done a tour of all the Celtic supporters clubs to get people back into the stadium to, to make sure that we were, we, were, um, we were getting, we were selling the season tickets and stuff. And I just think there was one guy arrested, from, I think, from the, the protests. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of, I think it's an easy deflection tactic for the for the board. If you look at the day, they put fences up outside Celtic Park right the way around to stop any protests on Sunday. It just goes to show how how far away they are from from the fans. And, and it, listen, it, some of it went a bit over the top. And but what other way maybe do they have to protest? And I guess the middle of a pandemic, it wouldn't be me, but fair dues if you want to go and do it. Um, but like sticking fences up around Celtic. Celtic part a club open to all. Come on, I think the the board on the board need to be. Careful. Aye, but it's, it's always been a club open to all unless you fucking criticise them. Aye, exactly, and I think that's where we're at at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think listen, Lennon's in the wrong movie. Um, I think I said that the last time I came on. I think I don't think he'll ever. I think his next job will be a pundit. I you wouldn't touch him at the moment from a man management point of view, which he was famous for. Doesn't look like it's working. And from a tactical point of view, it's not working. Livingston are looking for a job at the moment. Would they take him? Probably not. <laughs> Bloody hell. I understand what you're saying there. I think I agree with you. I think that you could you probably find that if this isn't Lennon's last job as a manager in football, then you're definitely going to be looking down in the doldrums of English football. Mm. I'm talking fucking Harrogate Town or something like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! Um, so yeah, they had the troubles, you know, continuing the story, the troubles, and then everybody woke up Monday morning expecting the bullet to be shot. Um, but we then hear from sources of Dermot Desmond that he will not be dictated to by a hate mob. Um, so it, it almost seems. Do you, and here's a question for the two of you: Do you think if that mob hadn't turned up? on Sunday that Neil Lennon would still be in place as Celtic manager? That's a good question. I think he'd have got sacked if he didn't. And I'm being serious. I genuinely do. I think that they have done this despite the fans. And I know that might sound melodramatic, but genuinely I do think that they've kept him on despite the fans after that. I initially thought yes, and I've kind of swung back around to thinking no. I now think that they want him to have the chance of winning his own treble. And I think... Well, he can, he, he can't. Oh, well, he can, I fucking can, I And I think there's a... I think maybe there's an element of we got it, the board maybe got it wrong with Ronnie Dyler. And I think there's maybe a little bit of making up that he was maybe forced to walk the first time. I generally just think the two... I think Celtic have been run by the, the Duke brothers for trading places. I feel like <laughs> That's what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're just making mad bets and going, right, how can we wind people up? And that's what Desmond and Lowell are doing at the moment. Um, it, it generally feels like that. Paying each other a dollar after the bets. I bet you'll get the treble. I bet you'll win the Scottish Cup. There's a dollar on it. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't get to see Jamie Lee Curtis uh, breasts in this movie, however. Yeah, um, on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah Lennon stays now I, I, 
it was almost quoted, and we'll move on to we'll move on to it in a minute. And I, I, I'm a big wrestling fan, right? And I loved that. I saw a, a, a meme doing the go, Chris. We know you get involved in ICW wrestling, but I, the the picture of Vince McMahon looking at Triple H saying, "Okay, Neil, you can have one more match to save your job, but it's a match against AC Milan at the San Siro." You know. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's what happened. Then. Neil Lennon kept his job and we moved on to last night in the San Siro, which was, you know, went as, I guess, well, it didn't go as, expe- as expected because Celtic were 2-0 up. Then it went tits up. What happened, boys? So it went as expected then. <laughs> it went as expected, yeah. <laughs> I, honest to God, I was sitting watching it and I was in shock. We see when the second goal went on. And by the way, it could have been four. Nothing at one point. Right? Celtic, for the first 15 minutes of that game or 20 minutes of that game, were tremendous. But yeah. AC Milan were garbage for the first 20 minutes of the game. Every Everything they'd done, they, they just made an arse it completely. And Celtic took advantage. And you know what? That's what's been happening to Celtic and happening to Celtic for the rest of that game. Now, this guy that they've signed for four million quid for Bodo Glimt no. is the second coming to fucking Diego Maradona. What a player. What a player. I know he came on at Parkhead and scored, right? But what a performance for that boy. He had he had both Frimpong and El Hamid on toast the whole fucking game. And do you know what? Fair play to him because what a fucking performance it was. But uh, the defending was calamity Jane material at times. There was so many opportunities for feet to get put in. Well, there wasn't a foot put in, do you know what? See if you bring them down, you bring them down. Penalty, fair enough. But see, just standing by and watching players ghosting past you, it's not on, man. Like for the third and the fourth goals, it was, it was, how do you even, how do you describe it? It's just fucking. Oh, shite. Just shite. I know I said that right at the start, but it, it is. It's shite. Chris, you I, said it earlier. You were talking about El Hamid earlier on, and you thought it was a good, good player. I think we all did that. I thought tough tackling, bit of a no-nonsense defending. None of that last night. Not like, Just powder puff. Like, it, again, just you just wonder what's going on. Again, just symptomatic, eh, just the way the whole team's playing. But uh, he he was done, and then he has the goal to kind of stand and throw his arms up in the air when Haggis scored the goal and blame everyone else. Like, mate, just put a tackle in. No, no. There was signs here last season in the Europa League. I remember he gave away, not the Europa League, in fact, it was against Copenhagen, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was signs here, and you know, that's not being coached out of his game. And again, that, that falls on the, on the management team mm. because it's the same mistake he's making over and over again. He's letting the ball bounce. He's letting the ball bounce before it gets to him. He's then he's back to goal. The players are getting in behind him, and it's just a it's a terrible, terrible, terrible performance for him for the last two games. And like I said, it's this is something that should be addressed in training with, with a proper coach. And it doesn't make sense with him because he ended up playing left back for Israel against Scotland and was different class. That's because he was playing against Scotland, but he wasn't <laughs> playing against AC Milan, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, guys go away and he's got guys go away in international duty and don't make the same mistake. And you and 
don't make the same mistakes that I'm making with Celtic. Mm. I mean, Neil, ah, you're right. Neil Wynn spoke has spoke constantly, I think, through the season about a lack of confidence being Celtic's problem. I mean, surely when you go two goals up in the first twenty minutes, you're full of confidence, and yet. I, I know what you're saying, John, but I, I think that the fact that they went two goals up probably made them more nervous because they had something to hold on to. Right. And I, 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 is it nerves, Craig? What do you think? Is it nerves with them? Or are they just no ball on their arse? I think there's just there's a brittleness there. And it, I also think it's tactical as well. See, when you go 2-0 up, as a manager or a coach, you have to then, right, OK, let's try and keep this tight. Let's see it out to half time, mm. and we didn't change. We were still, like Chris said, but we could have been four 0 up. But he didn't. He didn't try and stop it, and then straight up, then you go, then they get a goal, and as soon as one went in, you went, "Yep, they'll get another one," and then it was just a case of how many. When they when they scored the first, I said to John, "This is five 2 Aye, so that text yeah, you, said, you said the exact same. Said the exact same. Um, I guess one thing that you've been crying out for, I guess, all season, Chris, is that Frimpong started on the right wing. What did you make of his performance? I thought he was brilliant against AC Milan, to be honest with you. His decision-making at the end still needs work. His final ball needs a wee bit of work, but it was was the one bright spark throughout the whole game, I thought. Defensively, it was a bit ropey, like I said, that uh, Hogger had... was working by him and... Elhamid as if they were they weren't even there. But I thought he had a really good game, to be honest with you. And it's the sort of game where that that actually him and I maybe the AC Milan manager's gonna go, oh, who's this boy? You know what I mean? And it is he's he's got that youthful exuberance. He's got that I want to play football mentality and attitude. And a lot of the a lot of the criticism criticism that's been getting aimed at him recently, I think, is very unjust because you do need to take his age into consideration and the fact that he's only one season in his professional football career. So mm-hmm. sometimes mistakes are going to be made. 100%. Right? I, 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 what do you think? Do you agree with that? Chris, 100%. Like, it's 100% with that. And I, we, I thought Frank Bond was, was, was a bright spot last night. I heard a listen to another podcast today, Celtic podcast, and they, one of the guys slaughtered him. And I was like, didn't they quite see that? And, but the problem that Trump, if you're going to play him in that position, he needs help, he needs coached. And it mm-hmm. keeps keep coming back to the same thing. He needs coached to be good and learn how to make those decisions and working with like a James Forrest to know how to double back and, and do those things. But otherwise, we're just gonna we're just gonna ruin him. We're just gonna ruin his career. And it'll be like what well, it could be like Andre Blackman. I mean, one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Uh, and I thought Ayer was good last night, and there's I kind of I wonder with Ayer could could he be a centre midfield? Could you actually play him in the Scott Brown role? And that's well, he started he started his career as a striker. He moved back to midfield, and then Ronnie Dyler, no, not Ronnie Dyler, who but it was Rogers, wasn't it? Made him a centre half at right. Celtic. He, he went on loan at Kilmarnock and played a yeah. season at centre half, with Hank alongside McCulloch, maybe. But yeah, I thought you kind of look at him and go, could he do that job in centre midfield? It means we'd need to go out and buy a few more centre halves, uh, but. You wonder if he could do that centre midfield role. He's got all the attributes. He's big, I mean, he's strong, he's powerful. Sure, you have lots of options in that central midfield role. You know, when you, you look around the central midfielders that you've got sitting on your bench, you know? No, I I just, none, of them are, none, none of them are playing well, John. 
Mm. You know, you need you need to take into account the fact that again, none of your defenders, none of your defenders are playing well. So you sacrifice the centre back to to put them into midfield when you've got midfielders there. But fucking just swap the two positions. Play the defenders in midfield. Play the midfielders in defence. <laughs> I'm making the same fucking mistakes anyway, aren't they? But, uh, no, I get what I get what Craig's saying, and I've I've shouted about it before. You know, I think I think he is a, either a defensive midfielder or. I actually think he could be a creative midfielder as well. He's he's got that he's got that touch with the ball. He, mm-hmm. He's good uh, technically, like you said, Craig. But see when he goes on a run, he's got a, turn up, he's got a turn of pace that you don't expect as well, and he ghosts by people. And yeah, we have, we we, are, we do miss that fair midfielder. You know well, that, that that was but, fairly evident. You know, I mean, he was walking. He was Scott Brown was dropping. And he was uh, driving the ball forward against Milan. And like I say, I mean, I, I text you, Chris, and saying this boy's playing for a move here because obviously Milan were linked with him um, at the start of the season. But I maybe maybe that is a solution, you know. And the one thing that I would say, and it, 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 again, it, this is just how desperate I think it's become for Celtic supporters is a man who was getting absolutely slagged at the start of the season is James Forrest and then all of a sudden I'm seeing Celtic tweets I'm seeing hearing radio phone in saying we need to get James Forrest back in no, this side I agree with what you're saying there John but absence makes a heart grow fond doesn't it right people will remember James Forrest for a couple of seasons ago people aren't remembering James Forrest for a season the guy never kicked his own arse mm. for, for the last three months that he was playing do you, you think, know, do you think it is a case then, Craig? That first of all, it was like we'll get Julian back in, and everything will be everything will be back to normal. We'll be fine. Now it's oh, once we get Forrest back, everything will be fine. Do you think it's like that? I think it's more like the fact that we're setting teams up and we've not really got any width, so everything is just coming in the middle. And at least if you know you've got a bit of width, so you look at yesterday, we were so lopsided. Laxell's been asked to do everything down that left hand side because. Christie or whoever else was 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 playing and as a inside some sort of free role. Aye. So you've got you're kind of just exposed down there, and then you've got Frimpong suddenly thrust into playing a, a right wing position that he's never played really before in his life. So I think it's more it's more maybe not just a player, but it's more a case of we've not got enough wingers. You've got Johnson out injured. You've got Forrest out injured. Elianisi wasn't he playing? Scottish Sinclair. <laughs> Listen, Lennon didn't fancy Sinclair, did he? He made it, he made him, he done, he, and you can't, he's Scott Sinclair scored for a half wheel in midweek. Scott Sinclair on this Celtic side missed mm-hmm. a job, and I still don't get why. We, I know he was up and down and he maybe wasn't as good, but Scott Sinclair was a, was a great player, and you kind of think at this season you needed you needed just the experience, and I think you look at who else we, we've got, we've not really got anyone else. Finally, finally, people are starting to realise it, John. <laughs> I know. There you go, mate. See, just uh, one final point in the game last night. I don't think anyone noticed it, but it was about eighty-nine minutes, and Lennon at the side of the pitch is telling all his players to to push up. Like you're thinking, what are we doing? Like we're getting beat four-two. What are you trying to achieve in the ninetieth minute by just pushing, telling everyone to, like the cavalry? It made no. From just a tactical and a coaching point of view, it made no sense and could actually open us up to the 5-2 or a 6-2 if it if listen to it. Do you know what we need to talk about as well? Fucking, is, is Barkas, is he getting thalidomide or something like that? 
Because I think the guy's arms are fell off somewhere along the line. It, what what is going on with this goalkeeper, Craig? It's, I was saying to John before I think uh, before we started. There's a picture of the free kick, and you can't like you literally can't see him behind the wall. So I'm kind of going, did he was he able to see it or not? But aye, but then he, it's him that sets the fucker up. Aye, he looks bereft of confidence. He looks absolutely, he looks shell shocked. Like really, like he just doesn't know. It's like he's walked into a movie and doesn't know which one he's in. It's aye, he's he's no made he's no made a big save. He's made mistakes, but none of them have been like absolutely howling. They've been like, oh, you could have done that better. That could have been better. But it, it's it. There's Let's be honest, he said one good game and it was against Ross County up there. Aye, yeah. Earlier on in the season. And he said, they could have beat us about fucking 6 2 that day. And if it wasn't for him, and that's the God's honest truth. But I was expecting him to kick on for there. And it's just not happened. And you know what? People are like, oh, I feel more confident with being in goals. No, I don't feel he's, he's making the exact same mistakes that Barkas is making. If not worse. And, and I don't know what it is because Stevie Woods is a fucking great goalkeeping coach, right? And folk are screaming out for Fraser Foster to come back and what have you. Get him as far to fuck as possible as well. He wanted nothing to do with it this season. And I think he knew that the item was on the wall this season. He must have seen rumblings of what was going on in the dressing room last season. And he's thought, this is going to fall to bits at some point. I don't want any to do with it. I'd rather sit there and watch an actual fucking coach, by the way. Aye. That's Southampton manager. That's a that's a coach. That's a proper manager. Right? And fair play to him. But time to move on. Is there somebody there that we could that we could bring in? Now, with the opportunity for David Marshall, everybody's screaming and balling. He's too old. He's this, he's that. He's been on and fucking got Scotland to the Euros, right? Uh, Arthur Boric ended up back in Poland with... Uh, who did he end up back at? It was yeah, again. Warsaw, right? Um, Arthur Boric must be about a hundred. Celtic, Celtic were linked with the Arsenal goal that went to Aston Villa last season, right? And Arsenal were going to give him for free, I believe. And he has one good game in the FA Cup final, and goes to Aston Villa for fucking fourteen million or something like that. Do you know what I mean? How how do you how do you compete? How do you compete? No, yeah, I don't think you can. And I totally agree on the Fraser Foster, but I think there's no way that, that he's coming back. Um, as they've let, their other, they've let Angus Gunn go out and loan, so he's not coming into us any, anytime soon. The weird one with Bark is that Stevie would scouted him. And that's that's the strange thing. You'd think he'd get a, a tune out. I read today in the paper that the, the Greek manager says he's lost weight. And isn't he? I don't know. So you wonder if he's struggling to settle in Glasgow and been obviously locked down most of the time uh, you wonder if that's having a bit of an impact as well you look at and this and I know this is now going to go out to lots of um, other people rather than just on Patreon but you do wonder if like my night they've got two they've got three goalkeepers they've got Romero they've got Henderson do you ask the question if you can get one of them alone in January maybe they're both used to playing in Britain um, it's pie in the sky stuff I suppose but I was trying to think of goalkeepers you could maybe get on. No, I know what you mean. That's the thing. And I'll come back to what I always come back to. There's two goalkeepers in Scotland who I would go and try and get. I would try and get Joe Lewis for Aberdeen. Yeah. And I would try and get offer Marciano for Hibs. Marciano, and really? 
Aye, I, I, I think he's a good goalkeeper, John, right? And what she, the thing is, he's facing a lot more shots on goal and stuff like that than a Celtic goalkeeper is, right? The only problem I've got with it is when he's, if he comes to Celtic Park, does the concentration go out the window because he's not he's not facing as much action, right? But I really like Joe Lewis, and I've said it before, and I said it before we signed Barkas as well. I would go for Lewis for Aberdeen because I think he's exactly what we're looking for, a proper goalkeeper. Have you not been linked with a boy for Dungeon United as well? Is it Siegvist? Siegvist, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's been talk about it. Siegvist, is it Siegvist? Aye, whoever he is. I think I've got him in my fantasy football team, actually. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a couple of names. Obviously, it's broken. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon. It's broken. You know, Sky Sports are saying that Celtic will be looking for a keeper in in January. Henderson, Forster, these are kind of names that are get. I think just people are pulling names at the heart at the moment. Yeah, uh, Powell, right. See if anybody thinks that we can get Dean Henderson for Man United. <laughs> yeah, it, they're they're up a gum tree. That guy's going to be the England goalie by this time <laughs> next year. I will know. Right and. What would be, I would have maybe a chance getting De Gea, to be honest <laughs> with you, than getting Henderson. He's a proper keeper. Another name that I'm seeing here, Paul Gazaniga from Tottenham. He's the, the third choice now. Yeah. There. Um, the other, Seagrest. Um, Kelleher from Liverpool, who played in the Champions League uh, against Ajax. Again, I guess people are just pulling names at the hat at the moment. But again, John, you're looking at... Kelleher for Liverpool. He's just played in the Champions League against Ajax. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not coming to a Celtic to go to fucking New Douglas Park. You know what I mean? Or whatever the fuck the name of that stadium is this week. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh-huh. it's not happening. Well, we need right. to we need to realise we need to be shopping in the correct market for this. Because yeah. if you're going to England, you're either going to get somebody on loan and then you're the exact same in fucking position next season or you're getting bent over and done dry for a transfer fee for somebody that's not getting a game with any Premiership team in England mm. and, and that's that's the long and short of it mate. and I take it we're, we're writing Connor Hazard off even getting a sniff Oh, I, I, I wouldn't. Connor Hazard's not a very good goalkeeper. He was on loan at Falkirk, I don't think he was brilliant. We had a terrible season. Was, was he not a, a Northern Ireland international, but yeah. And it's, it's again another point around like young players that you taught earlier on. Like Dembele can leave for in the in the summer. Young Dembele can leave for free in the summer. Like, by the way, he's away. Aye, like what a waste. Like, and it almost it almost feels like well, we've given him his debut. He's been involved in a Scottish Cup squad. Right, that'll do. Um, how he's not getting a game? He's not even in the squad. when you're talking about Janine Wood. Craig, you're saying exactly. Um, I, I think I think Neil Lennon's very much of the opinion that he's too weak. Aye, and Frimpong gets a game. Frimpong's getting a game, and he's. I know, but see, see, Dembele, Dembele's a good six inches shorter than fucking Frimpong, right. and that's not even a lie. Tiny. You know what I mean? It it does. It's very evident that he looks like a wee boy. Aye. When he's when he's playing, you know, he's he's not good. He, maybe that's why he's not been getting a game. Maybe they've been trying to build him up and build him up and build him up, and you know. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, and I, I can understand that. See if he was absolutely firing in all cylinders in the couple of games that he had, or the few games that he had, I could understand more people clamouring for him to get involved. But I think we're, we're 
starting the verse down the, the road of um, Islam Farouz, where this young boy is going to be the, the great hope for Celtic. And, you know, other people see him day in, day out, that we don't see him. So that might be the reason for that. And I hope it's not true, but he might be the sort of player that once he leaves Celtic, just the exact same way as Islam Farouz, you don't hear anything about him after it. I, I, I it looks like, a, I mean, he's certainly been talked up as a special talent. It just He probably needs his game time. I mean, send him out on loan to a Hibs, send him out on loan to an Aberdeen, something like that. No, no, apparently they're no send him out. Apparently that's one of the reasons they're no send him out on loan. It's because they fear he'll get absolutely, they reckon it'd be better for his development to stay at the club because they reckon he'll just get battered up and down the place. Well, that's what he's got to get used to because that's what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Exactly, you're absolutely right, John. You know, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword. You know, you 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 send them out, and potentially you get an iron back. You know, somebody that's yeah. get that wee bit more experience in Scottish football knows what the game's all about. Or yeah. do you send them out, and you just never fucking hear him again because his contract expires and he's done fuck all for this new team. Yeah. So it's it's a shame, but. Mm-hmm. I, when it comes to that, I do, I do kind of believe that they know what they're doing on that front. But really, I, 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 <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I think I'm going by. I think I see any time I hear a great young player, my mind immediately goes to Islam Farouz immediately, <laughs> right? and it's just it's. The same record gets played over and over again. See if, see if, right, this is this is a perfect example. See if Karamoko Dembele was as good as we all think and hope that he is. Why is he not at Bayern Munich with Barry fucking, whatever you call him? You're thinking that um, you're thinking that I'm Hickey who's in the bit. Ah, I'm Hickey, remember that? You probably just whatever happened to him. Aye. Right, so Friday afternoon, we're recording this podcast right now. Lennon's still in a job, as far as we're aware, unless there's been any breaking news. Where does it stop? You're playing St Johnston this weekend, and I have to say, I mean, it's at Celtic Park, but, but, and I'm saying this, St Johnston Johnston are on a really good run of games at the moment, you know, um, I don't think they've been beaten in the last ten. I might be, I might be that I might be wrong on that, but I think it's the last ten. Um, they've they've won. I mean, the the record, um, the last points they got at Celtic Park was way back in February 2018 when they got a goalless draw there, and their last win was March 2015. But the way Celtic are at the at the moment, where is Lennon still? First of all, is Lennon still going to be in charge for Sunday? Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Aye. Yeah. I will be. What does it now take? Does it take getting beat off St. Johnson at the weekend? Does it take losing the Scottish Cup to Hearts? What does it take now for Lennon to lose his job? See if we lose the Scottish Cup to Hearts, I'll go in and pull him out of the fucking office myself. <laughs> I think... Um, do you I think, think he's done after the Scottish Cup, Craig? No. I, I think he'll get... Up until the Rangers game, regardless of what happened. Well, no. I think if we were to drop points on Sunday, I think there might be a massive question to ask. Because I, I, it's league, because that's, as Chris said, we're five points behind with two games in hand and we've still got to play them three times. You can't afford to, you can't afford to lose in our league game. 
No. You can't, or even potentially draw in our league game. You can't. That would be the that would be the turning point. I think that would be the point of, of potentially no return. I say that I generally think the, the board want to make sure he gets his chance at securing his own treble. It wouldn't surprise me, and this is how mental Celtic is that they sack him, they put John Kennedy in charge up until for a couple of games, and then they bring him back and let him lead the team out for the Scottish Cup final. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Because I think there's a real connection between him and Lowell and Desmond to, to secure that. But I think lose against St Johnston or drop points against St Johnston, that should be the turning point. But what the two guys... We've been saying that for weeks and weeks, Craig. Yeah, but what the two Every guys... Every fucking result should be the turning point. I, I think that he's in there with the wood, to be honest with you. I, I think it's going to take... It's going to take Rangers to fucking hammer us. Aye. And you know what? Neil Lennon wouldn't let it get to that point because he wouldn't want to be remembered as a manager that gets sacked for getting fucking hammered off Rangers. But if he so, wanted to walk away, Chris, would it not have been on Sunday? I mean, he's coming out and making statements, you know. Do we play Rangers before the Scottish Cup final? No. No, after. Second right. January. Second right, January. So, so, you've got five games, right, so you've got five games at home, right, up until... It, it wouldn't surprise me if, he, if we won the Scottish Cup and he walked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've kind of thought that as well. I wonder if if, the, if we're buying time to allow him to win the treble and then what he walks after the Scottish Cup. I'd love, I'd love that to think like that. I've got no trust that that's going to happen. But is, I, is that too is that too late though? So if he was just to say, for example, let's say he walked today, right? That gives a new man St Johnston at home, mm-hmm. Neil at home. Kilmarnock at home and then the Scottish Cup and then Ross County at home and then you've got Hamilton away then Ross County at home, that's a potential banana skin <laughs> and then you've got Dundee United at home, so seven games up until the Rangers game, which all on paper, now that's on paper all look very winnable apart from Leo apart from, apart from Leo, yeah, apart from Leo Chris, but there's seven games to let a new man come on and, and set out the team, get them coached Get them training the way he wants to ahead of the Rangers game because let's be fair, that's what all boils this season all boils down to that game. Unless he's a dropping, unless you drop points on the run up to, if he drops any points, a new man's coming in, you know, and he's not got much time to prepare for the biggest mm-hmm. game of the season. I think, I think with that, I think I get, I generally get what you're saying. I think. I think Lennon should have walked after the Ferenc Farris game. I actually think he should have walked after the Copenhagen game. But I think... I think he should have walked after the one in the Scottish Cup. Aye, well, yeah. He should never, but I think, what we, I think we all agree he should never have been appointed manager in the first place. But with this, I don't know. There's just, I, I can't remember. The, I mean, Peter Lowell's statement didn't say very much. But did he mention... I can't remember if he talked about 10 titles in a row in it. He mentioned quadruple treble. But I don't think he mentioned going for 10 in a row, which maybe gives you... That statement didn't say anything, but I think it maybe maybe what it doesn't say is that they might go, well, we're more concerned with doing the quadruple treble than maybe doing the ter- 10 in a row. I, I don't um, it's, it's as though they're doing everything they can to hinder the team. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're, they're refusing to look at the big picture. They're refusing 
to put a tack into the one thing that if they change it, it could change the rest of the season. Now, whether that be for the positive or for the negative remains to be seen. But do you know what? See, if you don't roll the dice, you can't win the game. And I think it's definitely time now for Celtic to roll the dice on this one. Whether there's a quadruple treble, historic quadruple treble, which, and I'm going to be honest with you, it doesn't feel like a treble. It doesn't feel like a treble at all. Right? But this season is about so much more than that for, for me personally, for you, Craig, I think yep. you would agree. And for 99.99% of Celtic fans, they would rather win the league this year than win the Scottish Cup in December for last season. Yeah, of course. Do you agree with me, Craig? 100%. And this is the problem, right? It's it's three. There seems to be three people that didn't see it. And unfortunately, they're the three most important people in the club. And it, it's, this season should have been just one. And I know around that entitlement where we, you, ex, you expect to lose games, you expect to get beat. You, that That's that's football. But to be in the Europa League and we've got one point, that's abysmal. Like, absolute abysmal. One point. Everything just seems to be falling, falling off, the, off the wagon at the moment. And you, you, just, you just want us to go out and win. And if it's tight, if it's a tight title race between us and Rangers, then so be it. That makes it more exciting. But um, we'd obviously rather have it won by January. Oh uh, yeah, but just this, this is just abysmal. It's just awful to watch. And Lennon's and Lennon's a couple of, I think, a couple of wins away or a couple of defeats away. I think from really blowing that relationship that he's had with Celtic and the, well, Celtic fans over the last that's time. It. That's it, and I've touched on that before, Craig. I've said to John and I've said to Gredo and Stephen on, on the main show, he's fucking with his legacy. He, he's, he's, there's the potential that he's going to become a hated man by the Celtic supporters, and I don't want that to happen because I remember him winning the player I remember Neil winning the manager for his first stint and to an extent he's the beginning of his second stint and what have you. Right? But you know, there's he's only going to remain in the good graces of the Celtic fans if he keeps on doing what's best for Celtic. And right now he's not doing what's best for Celtic because he's sitting in that position. The only the only thing I can think is who who is it that we bring in? Who do we bring in if we get rid of him? The, this is the, the sharp end of it because if we get rid of Neil Lennon, I've got a horrible, horrible feeling that it's going to be John Kennedy and Scott Brown. Right? John Kennedy's not part of Neil Lennon's management team. John Kennedy wasn't chosen by Neil Lennon. Right? So, even if Lennon and fucking Strachan go the Mora, I think Kennedy's still going to be there. Yeah, I've got... Right? Yeah, I've got a thing about Kennedy that he seems to have a job for life. I think that's um, that's unhealthy. And see if anything, it, right, Celtic obviously maybe feel a wee bit uh, guilty for him not having the career that he should have had, right? But everybody forgets it. It wasn't Celtic. It wasn't during a Celtic game that that injury happened to him, right? See if he's got a job for life, it should be with the SFA, not with not with Celtic, and he's clearly no fucking good enough at his job because. As we've said before, I know he's not the defensive coach, but he is a coach, right? And they are not coaching these mistakes out of these players. 
And, you know, like I said, again, I know I keep repeating myself, but see if I'm not doing the job to the best of my ability, it's it's me that gets the bullet. You know what I mean? So they're clearly not doing the job to the best of their ability. If they are doing the job to the best of their ability, then the players that they have recruited are not capable of doing the job to the best of their ability, which then, again, falls back onto the management team. So... Well, the, no matter what way you spin it, the blame lies with the management team. Yeah. And John Kennedy is very much part of that, even if he wasn't chosen by Neil Lennon. So if we get rid of Lennon and we keep him on, it's a fucking sham. It's an absolute sham. Yeah. It's interesting that Rogers was able to bring in his, bring in his whole team wholesale. He kept Kennedy there, but Chris Davis was very much the, his main man money. So, that's, uh, who about. that's who I would go for. His manager, Chris Davis. Oh, but appointing an assistant never works, does it? Jesus. I'm telling you, that's John. I'm telling you, mate. He's, he's, there's nobody knows Brendan Rodgers better than him. Nobody. He knows his, he knows his tactics. He knows his fucking uh, man management methods. He knows everything, right? And you're not going to tell me that Celtic wasn't a better run club for top to bottom when Brendan Rodgers was in there. So to sum up, then, boys, are you are you going to win the league? First of all, are you? Well, let's start with the easy questions. Are you going to win the Scottish Cup underneath when you win in charge? Aye. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we should do. That might be one of those games he gets away with just telling the players to go out and play because they're better. Hi. Are you good? Next question: Are you going to win your two games in hand with you winning in charge? Uh, John, I see with the exception of the Scottish Cup, I have got absolutely no confidence in Celtic winning any games right now, and I'm I'm not lying to you. Right, so that answers that, Craig. Yeah, I'm the same as Chris. I think we, with the current coaching regime, in, I, I, you can't tell for it. you've got no confidence for one game there. So, looking into the future, then let's move forward to second of January, twenty twenty one. Who's in the Who's in the manager's dugout, and where are you in the league? Uh, where are you going, well, Rangers? I don't. I, I honestly couldn't tell you, mate, because, like I say, I, I don't have, I don't have any sort of confidence in them winning any games right now. And I know you've just rhymed off a load of games that we should be scalping teams, but Ross County was a game where we should have been scalping a team. With the greatest respect to Sparta Prague, that's two games where we should be scalping a team, and they've beat us eight two in aggregate. You know what I mean? So, I see if a team knows how to play against Celtic this season. I think that they're more than likely to come away with a point or three points. Yeah, Craig, I'm not thinking that far ahead. Really, I think there's there's a lot of football to be played and a lot that could happen in between times. Do you want any more cliches to throw in there? I know, I know. That's my favourite phrase on Celtic daft, papering over the cracks. It depends. It, it really, if you can get some, if Celtic can start to win, then things change. But let's see. Listen, Neil Lennon's still in charge against Rangers, will no win. Okay, well, I mean, 
there's a lot of football to be played in between now and the Rangers games. Like you say, you've got those five home games coming up. So who knows what will happen over that. But um, yeah, we'll wait and see where we are this time next week on Celtic Daft. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, if you want to get this podcast every week, you can do that by getting on to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash football daft. On there, you'll also get Rangers daft. If you're if you are a Rangers supporter and listening to this, I'm sure you've got a big smile on your face right now. Um, but you also get Thanks Rangers for listening, daft. lads. Thanks for listening. Um, you also you also get um, Rangers daft up there. You'll get our outtakes, and you will also get teammates and lots of other bonus content up there, so well worth signing up to the Patreon. Why not treat yourself for Christmas? You can sign up for a year and you'll get 10% off. There you go. Uh, thanks very much to Craig. Thanks for being our guest pundit this week. Cheers. Thank you, Ron. Cheers, man. And Chris, I'll see you back on the main podcast this week. Uh, we've not got a guest booked yet, but I'm sure it will all fall into place across the week. Um, yeah, thanks very much. Whatever happens uh, during the week, we might end up with Neil Lennon on. That's very true. I'm sure we'll be in his first protocol after this today. <laughs> um, thanks very much for listening to Celtic Daft. And until next time, boys. Lennon out. Lennon out. Hail, hail. Audio Frontier.